It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, where that journey begins. Good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G, and our lovely producer, Miss Cheryl Knight Wilson. Good evening, ladies. Hi. Hello. You know, Hello. I, it, it's, it's good that you always remember to tack the Wilson on there because I never do. Because yeah, I've I, known her for so long as Cheryl Knight. That I know. I did do it once. Remember, Cheryl? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, uh, Chuck, there's the Wilson down there. I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot. So, sorry, Thank you know. for remembering. Hey, not a problem. You know, I got to get Chad in there, too, you know. Uh, and by the way, Karen, you're, for some reason, your camera, no one can see this, but you have the beautiful rainbow in front of your, with the light. I know. The I know. It's I'm really very cool, rainbow-y. Actually. It's very rainbow See, maybe it's these lamps. Ooh, that's a pretty lamp. Or maybe it's this lamp over here. I like that red one. The red one. I, uh, like I want to take one? that one home. Yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah, isn't that pretty? I'm digging mm. it. So tonight we have um, uh, Gavin Kelly and Paula Purcell, investigators from Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. I was reading about Gavin Kelly, too. He was on, like, Growing Pains, episode of Growing Pains. Yes. And he's a country singer, and he's, like, done stuff with all sorts like of... Like on Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, season six or whatever. And then he's also done... Um, he was in the... You can catch him in the Sony picture, uh, uh, pictures Country So Strong with Tim McGraw and Gwyneth Paltrow, too. Wow. I, I don't know. know what that is. Is that a movie? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Plus, he you know, writes for other, you know, like collaborates with other country singer writers. Wow. We are not worthy. He is clearly more accomplished than <laughs> I am. I know. I feel kind of like worried now. So, but uh, so how's things? Anything new, exciting happening in your world? Besides, of course, you're changing your whole home and this beautiful, you know, thing. Lord, beautiful thing. I'm ready for it to be over, though. You know, it's uh, (laughs) really. Yeah. I love decorating, but it's just kind of. Yeah, you know, we're missing a couch or two right now, and we got the other couch out of here, so now we have the dance floor. Woo. Yeah, I saw you were spinning the other day on the. It made me woozy. If I'd done that, it fell right over on my face. <laughs> you know the word woozy, though, isn't it like the most evocative word? It sounds exactly like you feel woozy, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't sound like woozy, like you're spinning. No, it doesn't. no, it woozy sounds exactly how woozy feels. Mm-hmm. It's very woozy. 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 That's right. So <laughs> I noticed that you're wearing a Superman tank top this evening. Yes, I am. I, I forgot I had this thing. I was like, I need a shirt really quick. I'm just in a hurry grabbing everything and flinging papers everywhere. I'm like, oh, that'll work out. Let's put it on. So. Here, here's one without sleeves. I'll put that on for Karen. Because I know you like it. You love it's it. time for the gun shoe. <laughs> it's time for Chuck was just in a hurry and grab whatever was in the first. I'm like, whatever it is, I'm wearing it. That was it. Where's your cape and your tights? Uh, well, you know. Well, the tights are on, but you just can't see them right now. Did you change in a telephone booth? <laughs> No, no, I changed in my bedroom. Thank you. I don't have a telephone. Your bedroom, does your bedroom look like a telephone booth? Well, it's about the it's almost about the size of a telephone booth, but you know, no. Well, see, then you did change in it. I don't even think there are telephone booths. I mean, are there telephone booths anymore? Oh, I don't think there. Well, not, not, England don't they have in England still like Doctor Who ones, or they, are those gone too? I wonder. You like a TARDIS? Yeah, like, <laughs> like a TARDIS. <laughs> like the way you said, that was all southern and everything. Um, 
So, Cheryl, how are you doing over it's there? Funny how I talk, man. Hey, man, I'm not making fun of anything. I'm just repeating what you did. I'm doing good. I'm I'm great. You do fantastic. You're fantastic. Uh, point point of order. I believe that mimicking someone is uh-huh. kind of making fun of them and no. repeating what you did is mimicking. If I, if I don't mimic you and I don't do that, that means I don't love you. So there you go. I like to tease my friends. You're like a 12-year-old boy. You're going to dip Pretty my much. pigtails in an inkwell next? Well, I, I won't be that mean, but... <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, Jim, who was sitting across the room when I said, are you going to dip my pigtails in an inkwell, said, have him touch up your roots. That, my friends, is true love. That's wow. Burn! Oh, yes. Man! What were you going to say, Cheryl? Were you going to say something? Or? Oh, I was going to say, we had some excitement yesterday. We went to see the movie Split. Oh, and I don't know what that is. it was good. It, it, it's an M. Night Shyamalan directed film. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, a fan, uh, you, you yes. may like it. Um, I'm a fan, but sometimes I get worried about some of his. You know uh, I mean? Recently, there's there's been one or two that I was not a fan of. But this one yes. I did. I did like and nice. um, I would recommend it. Cool. It's good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go check it out then. I saw yeah, Bye Bye Man. That was pretty good. Oh, scary one, oh. huh? Yeah, it was pretty creepy. Yeah. My daughter yeah, was so like. So that was your excitement when you went to the movie? It wasn't that you like had a near death <laughs> experience? Is that or sad or what? <laughs> <laughs> That's my excitement. For the I'm week. waiting for Andy and, 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 and we came home and somebody robbed our house. No, or, no, no. Luckily it was like. Or we good saw a famous and... person as we were driving down the street. <laughs> None of that happened except we it's, did see the it's movie. The, it's the little things in life sometimes they are exciting. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> or they make, you they make you woozy. They make you Nice. So, um, I hear we have some uh, metaphysicalness tonight. Oh, we could. I mean, you know, yeah. I always have metaphysical stuff to talk about. There you go again. No, it's getting excited. Oh, okay. I got excited. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, I was like, woohoo! Yeah. No comment. No comment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so I was thinking about, I've been thinking a lot, um, you may, if any of you are on social media, and I know most people aren't, that newfangled Facebook thing, not many people do it, (laughs) but if you do the Facebook or the Twitter or the Snapchat or any, you may notice that social media is really divided and highly negative lately. Uh, yes, I, would have I had noticed yes. that. Yes, yes. Right. and and honestly, this isn't about what side of any argument anyone falls on, um, but it's about the darkness and the negativity. And so, I actually posted about this on my the Facebook page, which, of course, <laughs> since there are only like three or four people on the Facebook, only a few people have seen it. Mm-hmm. But I um, was just thinking. I think that for a lot of people right now, the world feels really kind of scary and tumultuous, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and just sort of uncertain and nobody really knows what's going to happen and some people yeah. seem like they're big jerks and some people seem like they're big whiners and you know I mean there's just a little bit of everything right yep I would agree and with so this what I, 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 I wanted to share my perspective on what I feel is happening if you don't mind oh I don't mind at all I would love to hear your perspective you mind Cheryl I do not mind all right. So again, please do not hang up your phones because this is not a political thing. This is a spiritual discussion that I'm about to have because honestly, this is for people on any side of any debate. Okay. I believe that what is happening right now that we're seeing as darkness or anger or some of the more negative emotions that are manifesting is actually darkness pushing back. And darkness is the old energy that we've come from because there's so much light 
which is the new energy that's entered the world in the last several years because of the spiritual work that people are doing because a lot of people are spiritually awakening and starting to do the work of meditation and um, working in the light. I mean, look at how much things have changed for you, Chuck, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, I would agree 100%. Yes. So I believe that what's happening is the darkness or the old energy is truly seeking to create a balance again because it feels it, it, it's being pushed out. And um, it's trying to bet, be more balanced with the new energy. And I don't think that that has to happen. I think that we can resist that old energy or that darkness by being the light ourselves. Okay. And um, the way that you do that is just by focusing on the things that you do want to see as opposed to the things that you don't want to see. And that's I'm not saying that if you see something that's going on that you don't get engaged in some kind of a peaceful demonstration okay. that's a positive thing because a peaceful at a demonstration you can demonstrate for things that you want you don't have to demonstrate straight against things that you don't want right it's Correct. merely a matter of focus mm -hmm. so um like what if i have the option and this is really trite sorry but i'm trying not to be political what if i have the option of peas and carrots okay peas. those are my two options peas, peas and, and carrots, carrots. <laughs> and so i hate peas but I, I have peas, okay. but what I really want is carrots. So I can do two things. I can have a, uh, I can demonstrate and say down with peas. I hate stupid peas. Peas, you're horrible. Or I can okay. say, bring more carrots into the world. We love carrots. Carrots are beautiful. Carrots are good. And I can focus on the positive of what I want as opposed to the negative of what I don't want. It's the same thing. You're still trying to accomplish the same thing, but your focus is different. That's correct. Does that make sense? It's 100%. Yes. All right. So what I would suggest to people that they do in this energy where the old energy is fighting and pushing back mm -hmm. is that they realize, first of all, that darkness is an illusion. You know how I know darkness is an illusion? How? Because when I flip a light switch, what happens? The light comes on. And what happens to the dark? Goes away. All darkness is is the absence of light, and you have the light inside of you. You can carry that light wherever you go. And mm -hmm. the way to carry that light wherever you go is by recognizing it in, in yourself, recognizing it in others, and being a force for the change you want to see in the world in a positive way, not the crap that you don't want to see anymore. <laughs> so, you know, for be a, be a force for wanting carrots, not hating peas. <laughs> Nicely like said. Yes. Yeah. And yep. also just some things that you can do that are that keep you there. There are several things that I wanted to mention that keep you in the darkness okay. or that allow the darkness to stay inside of you. Are is you ready for what they are? Is it the peas? I hope not. Here are the things that keep peas in your life, folks. <laughs> All we're saying is give peas a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That was good. Oh, no. Okay. So <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> It was pretty good, though. That was pretty funny. Um, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, well the other one good. I was yes. going to say is put peas in a blender and visualize world peas. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't mean for that to happen, but it's where we wound up, folks. Yeah, you just I'm never sorry. know where we're going. All yeah. right. So here's, here are the things that can be keeping you in that old energy okay. that you would like to try and work on so that they're not as much a part of your energy. They are anger. Ego, mm. fear, mm -hmm. judgment, mm -hmm. and reactions. Mm -hmm. 
do all of those things make sense? Reacting. Those yeah. are those are the things that hold the old energy in place. Yep. Those are all negative energies. Correct. The things that bring in the new energy are joy, unconditional mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. compassion, mm-hmm. peace. Correct. And seeing the light in others. Mm-hmm. Acceptance, tolerance, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So that's all. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. See, it wasn't hardly political at all. I like that. It was good. No, it could really apply to anything in your life. I mean, it does. Yeah. True. Anything. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Bob in the chat room said, said spoken like a metaphysical minister. And Tom, <laughs> oh, Tom Gotsky said, all this talk, I got a P. I got P. P-E-A. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to my brother. He's got a P's out, huh? He's got yeah. a P's out. P's out. Oh, right P's out, folks. So, um, yes, I know that my, my analogy of peas and carrots might be slightly inept, but I mean, or slightly simplistic, but, you know, you focus on the things that you want and you, you, you try not to put your attention on the things that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's all, it's all in your, it's all in your mindset. You can, you choose which way you want to, uh, approach and think about things, you know, um, a lot yeah. of it, too, a lot of it too, you know, you know, cause a lot of it, we, we think consciously, but a lot of the things we go to are always subconsciously. You know? Oh, it's that's, usually that's much, subconscious. It's, it's yeah. like 90% is like subconscious and you need to be able to retrain your subconscious in a positive way by, you know, saying mantras or whatever over and over and over. So you start changing that thought process. So when you're thinking during the day and you're going and you're definitely going to pop out of conscious, you know, cause you're doing something when you're doing something, you're not thinking about it. You're, you know, the thoughts are going then that's when you, those thoughts there need to be positive so they can kind of retrain yourself into a positive light. Well, and I mean, I'll be honest, negative thoughts are going to come in and we all have egos oh, yeah. and we all have sure. fear and we all have anger and we all react to things. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the best thing that I can say, I can't say don't do those things because gosh, we're human beings and we do oh, yeah. those things. Definitely. But we can be aware of what we're doing and we can be aware of what's driving our thought processes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when we catch ourselves, we can correct it. That's we right. Can, or we can, we can think something different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we catch ourselves reacting with anger, mm-hmm. we can step back. We can look at it from a spiritual perspective as opposed to a human perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you an example. Okay, so um, some jerkwad cuts me off in traffic, right? Yep. <laughs> Okay, I can do one of two things. I can scream, you freak. Well, I can do several things. I mean, I could try and road rage on him and beat his car with a baseball bat, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it let's, so, but just from a perspective of, of what's going on in my mind, I can think, oh my God, you creep. How dare you? And then react in some way that's angry, right? And I could go right. from anger and how dare you do this to me? There's, I'm reacting from ego as mm-hmm. well. And all of yeah. it. And I think he's a jerk, so I'm judging him. Correct. Um, or I can think, oh, well, there's another, another piece of God just like me, another piece of person with the light inside of them, and they must be having a difficult day. So I can love that person and back off and let him in and let him have his space because it costs me nothing and it might make things better for him. I mean, so there are ways that we can, we can respond in the world. And so right. we have to watch the way that we we think about people and we interact with people because we get so caught up in the human parts of our personality that we forget the divinity of others. That's correct. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, and and that's a true statement. I mean, you you have to, I mean, you have to allow yourself to be human. You feel that emotion, but then it's, you have to let it, 
you got to let it go and then turn your thoughts to a, a positive way because you know whatever you put out there is what you get back you know it's a true statement i mean you make your own you make your own negative or positive you know in your own life you know I, you make I'm your own gravy about, yeah i make my own gravy that's for sure so you know you can't you go around saying oh the universe and oh this person and oh that person and no it's really just you you know i mean it's all about um your choices your thought process um everything really you know i mean yeah it's, you, you but, make it. but i would like to and it's easy for me to say and hard for people to internalize but i would like to tell people not to be afraid yes and yeah, there's a lot that it feels like you need to be afraid of right now well, and i yeah, get, the, but I would like to tell people not to be afraid because what this is, is this is a necessary part because the, the new energy has been growing and growing and growing. And this is just a necessary bounce back where you're getting pushed back. Um, it's kind of what I, I kind of call the dying gasp of the old energy is, you mm -hmm. know, things fight a little harder before they, they go completely. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the news, too, you know, I mean, that's only like one percent. You're seeing one percent of the world. You know, you're not seeing all the good that's happening around the world. You know, you're not. That's, that's you're not, not even seeing all the good that's no. happening in your own backyard. Exactly. You or know, in I mean, people's that, hearts or in people's right. homes or their families. I mean, exactly. and there is there's a lot of stuff. I, I see stuff and I think, oh, my God, how is this happening? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I, I mean, yeah. I've thought that for years. You see something like a school, a school shooting. Yep. Or a natural disaster, and you think, oh, my God, this is so horrible. How is this happening? This is scary. Mm -hmm. um, my child's in school. What's going to happen to it? And it's so easy to get caught up in that, and I get it. I mean, I right. get it because we love our families, and we love our lives, and we love right. our, our, you know, our fellow human beings. And so you see these things, and it, it, it's, it's frightening. Oh, yeah. But, it you know, is. People but people got to remember there's the balance too. You know, there's probably a lot of, there's four other schools out there that are wonderful things are happening and you're not. Right. But so from the, from the spiritual oh. perspective, the mm -hmm. darkness is the illusion and what you have to do is turn on the light. So what we have to do is we have to turn on the light and that doesn't come from anger and rioting and fighting and, and saying nasty things to people who disagree with you and all of that. It, we have to turn on the light. Cheryl, mm -hmm. what were you going to say? No, I was just thinking about your, your fear your fear example and um like, of okay peace. yeah so for instance this <laughs> we had peas tonight by the way for dinner so anyway so this is a fear that i've had for the last no not not a, almost a full year now since my son moved away mm -hmm. across the, mm -hmm. the united states from me i have always been an overprotective mother and and so this is not probably surprising karen because you know <laughs> You know how I, uh, I have a child who is also <laughs> an adult like who moved yeah. away from home. <laughs> so I have had, I've been having these thoughts of bad things going to happen all out of fear because I, ha I'm out of, con I, I'm not in control anymore. It's out of my control. And so You've fear. You've never been in control, Cheryl. It's control <laughs> no. absolute all illusion. An illusion. Yes, correct. Well, so yes, that is very true. I'm coming to realize that. But I've been like, yeah. doing this exercise where when I feel these thoughts coming in, something bad is going to happen, then I immediately go to, no, this is good is going to happen. And then I start visualizing the good, good. instead of the bad. And yeah. so I keep catching myself more and more. And I feel, not only do I feel better inside, like I feel like everything's going to be okay. You know? Are the anxiety thoughts cycling less and less yes, too? Yes, that's the yeah. other thing. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's definitely getting better. You know, you, anything can happen at any time, but I can't sit around thinking, this tr this whole you know this, this tragedy is going to strike or this is going to happen or that no, because it, no, it's no, not no. a good way to live. <laughs> it's 
No, well, and you know, like Tanner is is away at college, and he just mm-hmm. sent me, or he's. I've been talking to him for the past several days because he's sick. Aww. And he's very sick, and he Aww. won't go to the doctor, and he's being a tool, and you know, and I'm mad at him because he won't do this, and and um, but at the same time, he's an adult. I know that he's not going to die from a cold or the flu or whatever right. he's got, but but yeah, I get that 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 fear stuff, uh, especially when it comes to your adult children, mm-hmm. because you felt like when your kids were with you, you had control. Yeah. You right. never had control. Their path was set. <laughs> they set their own path. And not only that, they set their path before they came here. And you set it with them. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. see Yeah, but and then see you have but you what you do have the control of or the ability to do is to remove that fear. It's to, to do what you're it. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To change it's it. To yep. Do what Make you're it doing. Something positive. Yep. Yep. That's okay. right. And you just and all you can do is love him and and, mm-hmm. and love the situation and realize that, you know, it'll be okay. Honestly, and I'm about to say this, and this is, I'm sorry, I I don't mean to say this to scare you, but even if something tragic happened to him, it'll be okay. You know why? Because the human condition is the illusion. Mm -hmm. The eternal part of ourselves is is what is there. And so, you know, we get sad when people die. We get sad when we lose people. Um, But honestly, those people never leave us. Right. And um, I, that's I part of their path, and but it it doesn't make it suck any less. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, definitely yeah. agreed. All right, we need to go to break, right? We do, we do. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, took metaphysics right up to the end. All right, everybody, uh, stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. We will be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by their deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave in to their fears and banned the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. 
in order to keep the people away from the truth. It had to be feared forever. Restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom and thinking, creating and believing. The Source of Immortality, written by Maria Anna van Driel, www.amazon.com. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R, dot com. Nicole Strickland here, California Coordinator for the Oregon Ghost Conference, here to tell you about the sixth annual event, which will take place in 2017 on March 31st through April 2nd at the Seaside Civic and Convention Center in beautiful Seaside, Oregon. The Oregon Ghost Conference is the Northwest's largest paranormal convention and attracts visitors from all across the West Coast and beyond. It will have a jam-packed weekend filled with speakers, courses, tours, parties, and so much more. So join us for a weekend of ghosts at the coast to connect with and learn from some of the top paranormal experts in our area. Do not miss this great event. For more information about this fabulous event, please visit its website at OregonGhostConference.com. The Oregon Ghost Conference is also available on Facebook and Twitter as well. Happy hauntings! So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio? Well, you've just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. We are now going to bring on our guests, Gavin Kelly and Paula Purcell, investigators from Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks. Not a problem. So we, I, I, I always kind of like to start off with trying to find out like you know how you what brought you into the field you know because it's always interesting people a lot of people are way diverse in what they why, why they got into the field so um let's start with i guess we'll just start with you gavin so you know you guys don't have to talk over each other what what i mean you're a country singer you were on television on growing pains episode of growing pains stuff like that what brought you into the field of the paranormal well believe it or not um Paula's house actually had a house fire and it basically uprooted some stuff. We didn't really know anything about it at the time, but, um, I was living like across the street and, uh, she said that weird things were happening here. You put something down somewhere, it shows up somewhere else in the house. They started having like the old, uh, perfume smell going from the dining room, straight on down the hall. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that really got them was there was a bouncing ball that went down the hall and 
the girls opened up their doors and looked out. She looked out. And at the time, her brother-in-law was sleeping on the couch. He kind of looked down the hall and like, what was that? It was a bouncing ball and there were no bouncing balls in the house. So she told me what was going on. And during that time, I was, you know, getting involved in watching uh, Ghost Adventures. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is pretty cool. Cause I'll just flip it on through the channels going, hey, what do I want to watch? And uh, Ghost Adventures on. I'm like, hmm, this is cool. And of course, uh, me on Facebook, I always get to uh, chat with a lot of people. I ended up talking to Aaron Goodwin. And I told him what was going on. And he's like, well, why don't you check it out? I'm like, okay, well, what do I need? He's like, well, the bare necessities, of course. I'm like, okay. He's like, well, what do you got? I was like, well, um, <clears throat> I have a, a Sony Hi8 Handycam. I have a digital recorder that I used when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I've got a digital camera, just a regular run-of-the-mill digital camera, mm-hmm. and my cell phone. And he goes, okay, well, you need to like do some research on some stuff that's out there. So he sent me to a, a site, was ghoststop.com or something like that. Yeah. And I started looking at all that stuff, and I'm like, I was just impressed with all the devices and stuff. And it's nothing like it is now, of course, mm-hmm. but I wound up buying the Ghost Meter Pro because it looked really cool and easy and user-friendly. We took the Ghost Meter Pros into her house. And cut all the power off in the house, and we actually investigated for the first time. And it was just truly incredible what we caught. An EVP of a voice saying, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. An EVP of get out. And one of the cameras was actually mounted in the their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And we were just going through snapping pictures with the digital camera, and we captured an apparition on the view screen of the video camera itself. Hmm. Holy crap, that's like really lucky for your first time out. Uh, I yeah. know. And then she, she did some research on it and she come to find out that um, there was a little boy that was five years old, died of whooping cough, is in the house, he, and his father's in the house. Oh. Yeah. So you guys connected that to the, what the activity was going on that was in the home? Yeah. Interesting. And uh, Paula wound up uh, getting used to it due to the fact that, I mean, he's kind of funny, this kid. Mm-hmm. Her brother-in-law would put a Western on, on TV, mm-hmm. leave the room and come back and NASCAR's on. <laughs> Kept changing the channel. Didn't want to watch the Western. Well, apparently yeah. that's what he likes. Yeah, evidently. So he, scare, he scares the dogs and what else did he do? Kicks the bed. He, he does occasional weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I said, he kicks the bed. He rattles the dishes. He changes the channel on TV occasionally. He's just, but at the point, I think he wanted attention or communicate with us. But now that we've gotten to the point where we're used to him, he's not as active anymore as he used to. Every once in a while, we'll have a flare up to where certain things might change in the house. And all of a sudden, he don't like it and he lets his presence known. But now, 90% of the time, he it's pretty well quiet now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At my old house, which I said I was across the street. Yeah. Um, I actually had a recording studio in the back and just for the heck of it, I put a digital recorder on the bar and left on Sunday for the day mm-hmm. and come back and I checked it. I could hear footsteps. I could hear the dishes rattling. Um, I heard footsteps going toward the studio. I heard the cymbal crash. I heard the bass drum get kicked. 
the snare get hit. Then the door shuts. Then you can hear those same things muffled. Then the door opens back up. And you can also hear a woman humming. Which really? really blew my mind. Yeah. And this was in your house? Yep, in my house. So we okay. both had something going on. Well, kind of the whole neighborhood has something going on because I did a research on the whole neighborhood. And it used to be part of a plantation. And all the little houses were basically planter houses or slave houses. Okay. And they've all, and because all the houses in my neighborhood are at least 100 years old or older. My house particularly turns 100 this year. Okay. And so everything is over 100. The main plantation house still exists and it's just down the street from me and it's 180 years old wow so so besides your house and you, the two of you and your homes there's other activity within other homes of your neighbors that are in that same area yes okay pretty have much you, have you guys like discussed it with the neighbors have you guys had chats back oh, and forth yeah. you know Oh, yeah, because when we yeah. first started the investigation, we just made sure if first when we did the my house, uh -huh. I mean, I chit-chat with the neighbors. I always, I always brought up the conversation, especially with my neighbors across the street. I said, anything strange or indifferent in your house that you might be experiencing? Mm -hmm. And she's like, like, what? I was like, well, if I tell you something, just take it as a positive and not a negative. <laughs> and I tried telling her about the pain and all the experiences I have. And she says, well, you won't believe this, but we've had an experience. But I'm thinking I've got two little girls in my mm -hmm. new, in mine because I hear, hear little ch children giggling down the hallway. I would be laying in bed and I would be first thinking because she's got two little, uh, I don't know what the Chihuahua mix, long haired dogs. Okay. And uh, they're, you know, she thought the dogs were into something in the living room and then realized yeah. it wasn't them. They were asleep in their cage. <laughs> and then she's heard little small chit chats and giggling down the hallway from her bedroom and all that stuff. And then she's also came home and found all of her lower cabinets doors opening in her kitchen. Mm hmm. And so she thought they were the locks, and so she relocked them all, and and occasionally they'll come on that they're you know undone again. But also we've had the the main guy that lives in the plantation house told me they have step people feel like sound like going up and down the steps, and his is a three story you know plantation house, yeah. and on the second floor he'll hear steps. Like someone's coming up the steps, the back steps. Mm -hmm. And see, the back steps goes directly to the back door. So he thought someone was coming through the back door, and he opened the door real quick, and there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. He starts all over the house over and over again, and he's gotten to the point, you know, he keeps a little bell on the back door now. So if that door gets jarred, that bell goes off. Okay. And has the bell gone off? Do you know? No, it has, as far as I know, it hasn't, but he okay. just does it for a safety precaution because oh, yeah, it's definitely. an old house. Yeah. So, but yeah. So you have, so you have, a, so you have intelligent, um, activity in you know, like your home, Gavin and, and Paul, uh, but there seems like a lot of it can be residual too, where it's just something like just kind of replaying itself over and over according to what happened in those, in the times of the plantation. Possible. Yep. Okay. So. You did, you, you started with this and then you said, okay, I'm interested in doing this, getting into the field to 
look further into why these are occurring? Is that is that the reason you want to do it, or is it just something just you found it just interesting in general? Or I mean, what was the what was it besides you know your activity and thinking it's neat and all that? But I mean, what was the drive to go further? Well, believe it or not, I was just like floored at the evidence that we actually captured for the first time ever, and I was just really interested trying to figure out, you know, what else can we do? Can we get more evidence? Can we go other places? And uh, I put all of our stuff into like an episode and just put it on YouTube so people could watch it. I just want to see what people would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was contacted by an independent network in South Haven, Mississippi. And he said, hey, I want to sign you guys to my network. I'm like, come again? He goes, yeah, I have a, a network where I can actually air your show. And I'm just really happy that you guys aren't just sitting in a room saying, are you here? Can you make a noise? Mm-hmm. He goes, you guys are on the go. So I was like, okay, well, let me uh, talk it over with, with, with everybody. And, and I actually was putting together a group and everything. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we, uh, we signed. And um, we shot a whole season. And we brought 40,000 viewers to his network. Wow. And Amazon caught wind of that. And after that season was done, mm-hmm. we started uh, going with Amazon. Amazon went ahead and said that we can release an entire season of the, a new show. See, before mm-hmm. it was just called Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. And now it's called The Paranormal Journey to the Unknown. We have a whole new crew and everything. I don't have the old crew except for Paula. Paula's mm-hmm. the only one from the old crew. Okay. Okay. And uh, we're going to release uh, season one, October 31st of this year. And Amazon gives us distribution for nationwide and worldwide. So it's like, wow. <laughs> okay. So we just kept on uh, doing what we're doing and going to more locations. We've done mm-hmm. some residentials and mm-hmm. we're gaining a lot more experience working with other uh, paranormal groups. Because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, uh there's a lot of groups out there that have their own way of investigating. Mm-hmm. So we're just basically learning how everybody else does. And since then, I'm truly fascinated and I really want to find out and get documented proof and, of course, uh, find some groundbreaking evidence of the paranormal. Okay. So uh, let's, let's talk your first with your first group. Let's talk that whatever we'll say the first season of what you guys were doing um can what was your what was your very first case besides you know your, your guys home and stuff i mean when you first went out what was the first case you guys took on do you remember uh well let's see the main one was uh carter's mill in simsonia kentucky okay and we we captured the holy grail there an okay. apparition running really so what you can what, actually what? watch it on youtube so what was the, can you give us some backstory really? to like, you know, what was it? Yeah. Like what was it about? And you know, like the, the history of it and what you were looking for. Well, we found out that there was an old grain mill sawmill, um, in Simsonia, Kentucky called Carter's mill. And people would actually hear things coming from there and there's nothing there. There, mm-hmm. I mean, the buildings are dilapidated. They're falling apart. But, you know, people would drive on by. They would actually see shadows at the um, general store, the general store, which is now gone. But people would like be walking on down the side of the road and they would hear voices, people talking back there. So 
we decided to go in and we did it was about 30 degrees and we were using the sb7 for the first time another piece of new equipment that we actually got and i know a lot of folks will always say the sb7 is a power of suggestion but some of the questions that we were asking we were getting intelligent answers and also having a a southern lady come across there going fine you know and moonshine <laughs> and stuff like that just right across the sb7 mm-hmm. now i don't know what were the chances would be that that was a radio station you know what i mean mm-hmm. but uh we actually captured um an apparition running and i didn't see it while i was filming it was okay. when we were going through all the evidence and sure enough there it was i was like oh you gotta be kidding me you can see it hike up its leg and move its arm back like it's running and it's on okay. our YouTube channel. Oh, I have to check that out. So it was like, was it a full blown? I mean, head to toe apparition. It, yeah. Oh, nice. I'm gonna have to check this out then. I'm right. I'm sorry. I'm running it down as we're talking. All right. So, so what other what other cool um in, like in your first with your first group? What other cool places had had you gone to that you you know that maybe um, stuck with you or were there any that maybe like you were a little taken aback? Like you know, I really don't like the activity that's happening here. You know, that kind of a vibe. Uh, we went to Asbury Cemetery, which is in Kentucky. It's supposed to be like the most haunted cemetery in Kentucky. Okay. And um, this is a cemetery where the crickets stay on the outside of the cemetery and chirp. They will not come inside. Really? Yeah. They make this big, huge circle all around the cemetery, and they're chirping on the outside. They will not come inside. So I, believe it or not, I was putting up these... Uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, travel, not travel cams, but game cams. Yeah. Yeah. Game cams. Yeah. And, and I was actually putting it on the tripod and I could see in front of me, the grass go down and pop back up, go down and pop back up. That leads me to believe that somebody is walking toward me okay. and I could see that plain as day. And I radioed in, I said, um, someone's walking toward me and they're like, how do you know? I said, the grass is going up, the grass is going down. And then I set up a laser grid at, uh, pointing out to a bunch of tombstone. Mm-hmm. And Paula and I saw two figures coming to us through the laser grid. Wow. And the That's sad cool. thing is, since this was like we were just basically learning, because the first season was basically a learning curve for all of us. Yeah, right, correct. Um, I didn't know that the IR on the camera would wash out the laser grid. Yes, yes. It did. Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah, actually yeah. did see these figures coming toward us, but of course the camera washed it out since it was IR. Right. So now, Paula, you do a lot of the. If I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You do a lot of the research for the places you guys go to. Yes, I do, and I get oh. very, very thorough. I mean, I don't just take the stories that's been said online or information that's given to me. I get into dissecting and finding not just the building's history, but the land's history that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find that, um, as a lot of us do, do you find that sometimes with the history that's being told, the activity is different or, you know what I mean, where it doesn't mirror exactly the same of what you know the backstory is well i mean i've heard i've i've there's been like a curveball put on some of the stories that's been said where <laughs> okay. i've actually 
found, you know, well, this is exactly what actually happened. And this mm-hmm. is, might be a reason why there's activity here, but the story they're being told doesn't add up to what I found. And okay. some things I leave as a question because I don't actually like, I put a lot of, you know, here's what I found out. Here's the documentation. Here is what is written in this, this, and this. You can take my story. You can take my documentation. And if you, you know, if you want to build off of what your prediction is on what all this is, then that's an open-ended question. Okay. And go ahead. Go ahead and finish. But that's, you know, but I always state what I think it might possibly be. Right. I always leave it open-ended for any other person that might want to question that theory. Okay. Now, you guys do like, you know, you're talking about the cemeteries and stuff like that. You said you do residentials also, correct? Yeah, we did a couple. Okay. And um, since I know being an investigator for 30 years, you know, residentials are a little bit different than your, um, you know, the other ones you can go out and, you know, and open areas and such. Um, so can you talk about, I mean, without, you know, giving information up, but I mean, can you talk about maybe one of the residentials you guys did and how that kind of turned out or wh- wh- why you were brought in and then what uh, entailed? Well, the one house that we got brought into, um, the lady contacted us and said that she has something weird going on and we're like okay can you describe weird and she's like okay (laughs) um i was in the dining room and my son walked down the hall and he stood in the living room didn't even look at me and when i was talking to him like i was like oh my god you're you're actually here i thought you weren't going to be here for another week and then it just walked off and when i went following him he wasn't there. And of course I'm like, okay. And then <laughs> a week later, her son actually walked through the front door. Okay. And she said, what you were here just a few days ago. He goes, um, no mom, I was, uh, out of town, out of state. So come to find out she actually had a doppelganger in her house. Now, nice. the other weird thing that happened is her husband killed himself in the house. There's something dark there that made him kill himself. We come to find out that, uh, who was the one that did the Indian magic or Egyptian? Let me clarify this whole situation. Number one, this was the ex-wife. They had gotten back together after his, put it this way. Him and her got a divorce. They made their separate ways. He had dated somebody else for a while and moved her into the house. She believed in Egyptian magic and she got into all this weird cult type situations and she brought in a Ouija board and she played around with the Ouija board and we believe that she might have opened up a territorial situation. Don't read what they're saying. And uh, he uh, (laughs) anyway, he, you know, and after that, then they started having activity in the house. Okay. I moved forward five years from that relationship. Him okay. and his ex-wife got back together, and things were not right in the house. And, of course, the person, her ex well, her husband, mm-hmm. committed suicide. But three years that led up to his suicide, by the back history that I found, mm-hmm. he was an alcoholic. He did drink a lot. 
but he also said that he would have people that would talk to him in the house. He'd be by himself. And he would say that something kept talking to him. Something kept talking to him. Yeah. And then the night that he committed suicide, he had made a phone call to one of his close friends. And his friend said he was not acting right or talking right. But he kept saying this figure in the house told him that he needed to kill himself. And the next thing that we find out later is that the gentleman had hung himself over the bedroom door. Wow. And so, then from then on, activity started spread, got a little quiet. Mm-hmm. And then about a year passed after his death and activity started to build up again mm-hmm. in the house. Okay. And then strange things started happening in the house. Now, that family does not live in that house anymore because it got so bad that they couldn't handle living in that house anymore. And that house is still standing empty to this day. Wow. So, uh, so if you're going into the residence, so do you do any, like, do you guys yourselves do any cleansings or clearings or anything like that? Or do you just go in to document the activity that's happening? Well, for that one, we just went in and, uh, investigated it and we got some interesting, uh, responses by using the SB seven, we mm-hmm. heard the husband's voice come across the SB7 saying his wife's name and his son's name as they walked through the door. Really? That was really freaky. Yeah. And she was like brought to tears and sitting at the table. But um, we did. Did we do a cleansing? No, we didn't do a cleansing. We didn't do a cleansing. She said she didn't want to do a cleansing. She said she didn't want to do a cleansing. She wanted to basically keep him there. Yeah, she oh. found out it was Johnny that was talking. Hopefully it was Johnny that was talking mm-hmm. because he answered questions that she would know that he would know the answers to and that you know we kind of would know since we did a little bit of back history mm-hmm. we kind of knew the answers too so after that she didn't want to cleanse him even though you know just for the fact he's in the house and that she felt you know that she did she never got closure if you know what i mean yeah exactly well yeah and then then moving out so you never know if you know what happened after that right i mean have you talked to her since the out of the house i I haven't really talked to her i just know that i ran into her daughter about six months ago because we did this investigation what two years ago yeah yeah and i ran into her ran into her daughter six months ago and i said yeah Mom said it got to the point. I said, well, she could have called us back. She said, yeah, but it was at the point she'd rather have Johnny just have the house, but she couldn't handle the activity because there's something else that was there besides Johnny. Yeah. And so the house is empty. They're living somewhere else, but she still pays the property taxes on the house every year, but she will not let it go. And, and it's just sitting there empty and she calls it her husband's house. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so okay, so you went from the 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 team from when you first started off, and now you of course have a new team. Can you tell me some of the people that are on your team and what they do, or you know, like some uh, connections to what their uh, responsibilities are with the team? Well, right now it's it's basically I'm the host and lead investigator. Paula is a researcher historian, and we have two uh, camera crew. Okay. So. I have a camera that follows me and a camera that follows her. And we also have a, a new base camp watcher. And uh, she actually stays in the command center, mm-hmm. which is the mobile command center, right. and watches the DVR cams and the laptops. Okay. Okay, so you got like a mobile uh, a mobile vehicle on the outside, so you know, you're yep. only going in. Okay, gotcha. All right, cool. Um, so we start the with the new uh, 
show of the paranormal journey into the unknown or the new new group what have you guys i know it's going to be coming out so i don't want to give too much away but some of the stuff like some of the uh investigations you've gone on with them like where have you gone since now you got you know your feet wet and you're kind of a little more experienced what have you uh endeavored into with this group well we went to a place uh called the weldon manor and we've been experimenting with the connect cam and we heard the, that what, there the were webcam? the connect cam like like uh, xbox connect yeah yeah that's what they use yeah oh, okay yeah oh, and okay. uh it gets plugged to my laptop so i got the software from microsoft but mm-hmm. uh we were experimenting with that and the owner of the weldon manor in central city kentucky told us that a lot of investigators that go into that building happen to see a seven-foot-tall shadow man. So they labeled him Slim. Okay. So I set the, the Connect cam up with a DVR cam and a regular camera up in a hallway, which mm-hmm. is he considers the portal. He actually said that there is a portal there. It's just a long hallway with two openings where there used to be two doors, you know, side-by-side mm-hmm. side kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we went back to base camp. This is before we got the the mobile command center, of course. But we went back to base camp, which was still inside the building. Mm -hmm. And we started to see on the the laptop, the screen started to shift. And it was recording at one frame a second. So there's no way it can possibly be altered. But it shifts one frame a second. And then all of a sudden, a... Seven foot tall stick figure shows up on the screen. Really? And and okay. it waved. <laughs> it waved I, at you. I have to, I have to ask, how do you guys manage to capture all this evidence? I mean, you're capturing stuff like almost every investigation, it sounds like, that people would, you know, oh, that's really? like once in a lifetime stuff. Yeah, no, not every investigation. Um, okay, but a lot of numerous- them. Yeah, we, we've been asked numerous times. It's like, well, if you don't get a lot of stuff on your investigation, what do you guys do? Well, normally we'll dwell on the history of the location so our viewers can actually be like, hey, I want to go check that place out. You know, right. it looks really good. But, I mean, we've really, I mean, we didn't get anything substantial at the USS Lexington. Um, and we were on there with uh, Brad Kling and friends. Um Go we see, we see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, where else did we go? We didn't get anything. Doss Mansion. Well, we got a yeah, we, we, we got a we got couple a stick of small figure things at, at Doss Mansion, yeah. but not anything major. Yeah, you got it's a kind stick, of, what do you mean a stick figure? Yeah, you got explain explain to her the I know what the connect is. I, I'm sorry. To her. Did you already yeah. talk about this? I'm no, so no, no, sorry. No, 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 I, no, I got okay. a sick kid and I had to make a phone oh, call. No, and, no, uh, no. I, go ahead and Gavin explain <laughs> the I I understand how it works, but go ahead and explain it so Karen can understand and maybe some people are listening. The Connect Cam basically is a 3D camera mapping uh, system. And when you plug it into your laptop and you use a Microsoft Connect software, if it detects something like a human, it creates a stick figure. It has the arms, torso, legs, and a head. So what we do is if we put it in a room and we go stand in there, we see ourselves. When we leave the room... And all of a sudden, if we're back at base camp and you see another figure show up and it's not us, we just captured something. Huh. 
Well, that sounds like a pretty nifty tool. Are a lot of people using it, or is this something that you guys are kind of pioneering then? Oh, no. This is something that's been around for a while. Bill Chapel went ahead and created a uh, portable one called SLS Cam. Ghost Adventures okay. uses it a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess I don't watch any of the shows, and I, I stopped using cameras because what I discovered is I'm terrible with visual evidence. I'm only good with um, the audio stuff. So. But yeah. Cheryl, has, Cheryl has a good question, and she says, um, Karen's question makes me wonder – are either of you psychic or do you have any psychic abilities? Because a lot of times uh, people who have those types of abilities are the ones that capture a lot of evidence for some reason. So do you think that there's anything in your energy that's, that's drawing that? I wouldn't call myself a psychic, but Paula is, has been considered to be a sensitive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's maybe just as much as anything right place, right time then? I mean, honestly, because I got to tell you, I just, I, I told Cheryl in an aside, I said, I'm a little bit jealous of this, <laughs> of all this really cool stuff that they seem to be capturing. Well, so, the deal, it, what you have to do is when you go to a location, you're not really going in uh, with the mindset of capturing evidence, you want to go yeah. in and just talk to them like they're mm -hmm. regular people and that they're still there. So when we go in and we do our base suite, we're actually talking to whoever is there so they can get comfortable with us. If they get comfortable, comfortable sure. with you, then they're more apt to show themselves. We don't go in and say, Hey, show yourself, you know, manifest. We, we really don't do that. We just, I you know, say, Hey, that. yeah, yeah. Are you going to say something? Um, yeah, I mean, plainly <laughs> speaking, if you go in, you go into a location. Um, I've learned that let them tell you the story. Don't worry about being like the reporter interviewing a client. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know if somebody walked into my house and said, "Show yourself," I probably wouldn't be real thrilled with it. So I understand. I appreciate that more. Um, personable approach and treating them like human beings, which they are just without bodies. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, ever since we've, we've done stuff like that, where we actually go in and they, I guess they feel comfortable with us. They sometimes, uh, make themselves known. And of course there's some that really don't want to be known. Like, uh, just one place that we went to, Old South Pittsburgh Hospital. Mm -hmm. I got pushed out of the x-ray room. Really? Really? Yeah. Like, explain being pushed out, what, what that felt like. Uh, two hands on my back just totally pushed me out of the room. Because mm. uh, my camera guy was watching in uh, on base camp. And he goes, did you trip on something? I'm like, no, I got pushed out. You really can't trip because there's nothing to trip on. And uh, my uh, uh, our guest investigator Joe Vitali, he actually was walking in there and he felt two hands on his chest telling him, "No, you cannot enter." He's like, "I have never got stopped like that before." It was like he walked into a brick wall, trying hmm. to go into the X-ray room. Interesting. Yeah, I I've kind of felt that in certain places before, but I always wonder how that feels for for different people. So you actually do do you actually feel like you felt hands, or did just something push you back? I felt hands on my back just totally pushed me. Wow. And I mean, I I flew forward, and well, it's on that's video. A little, that's a little disconcerting, right? <laughs> <laughs> you think, yeah. 
Well, the thing is, you know, a lot of a lot of folks will ask us. I mean, we've done numerous radio interviews, and they're like, "Well, when you walk into a cemetery, what do you expect?" Uh, I expect to be touched. Hello, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, would it freak you out?" And I'm like, "No." Because no. one cemetery went to, I actually felt the hand cup on my shoulder, and I'm like, "For the record, I'm being touched right now on my shoulder." It didn't freak me out because I I really expected it to happen. Right now when we went to St. Albans and we shot the pilot episode and uh, I got kicked in the shin and scratched. I didn't expect that. <laughs> that was a little more hostile than you were looking for. You think? Oh yeah. I was walking down the stairs. Camera crews is filming my intro and I'm talking about the St. Albans sanatorium. And all of a sudden I said, I kind of stopped and I'm like, I've got to stop for a second. And Chad's like, why? I go, my, uh, my calf, it hurts. I don't know why. So I sat down on a step, rolled up my pant leg, and there was a red spot, you know, getting redder and redder on my calf. I mean, my shin. I got mm -hmm. kicked in the shin. Hmm. And then we were uh, finishing up with the intro. We were coming out of the hallway going toward the cage area of St. Alban. And that's usually where to go ahead and let all the uh, patients come out for fresh air. Mm -hmm. And... I went ahead and raised my hand up and all of a sudden I got all these paper cuts going down my palm <gasps> and it looked like it was bleeding. Ugh. So I showed everybody, they filmed it and everything. And we were up there, we were talking and I said, okay, well, we're just going to have to continue on. I've got to go down to the truck to get a cloth. And I, we walked on back, headed toward the truck and guess what? It was gone. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. And they were paper cuts. You could see them. There were like, well, how many, about eight of them or something? Mm -hmm. There was like a whole bunch of paper cuts on my palm going straight down. I bet that and felt really good, huh? I didn't feel it. Oh. That's the thing. I didn't feel it. And they were like, well, are you sure you didn't cut yourself on something inside the hallway? I'm like, the hallway is just a wall. What am I going to cut myself on? And they're like, okay. So go down to the truck and it's gone. I'm like, huh. And we looked at the video, and sure enough, you can see it. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And, of course, I announced on video, I said, they really have it in for me. Kicked in the shit and scratched. I don't think they like me. <laughs> or something, yeah. So when you guys when you guys go into these locations, do you, do you guys protect yourself before you end? Do you do any kind of prayers, anything like that? I mean, or do you just go in without it? Usually we do a fist bump with the big man. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll go ahead and actually <laughs> say a prayer. And, uh, you know, ask for protection. And then, of course, when we're done, we usually do say a prayer and we bind whatever is there to stay there. Okay. But hey. lately we have been forgetting that. I was gonna, yeah, and I was going to ask you, too, have you had anything come home with you? You know, have you had those uh, occurrences? Well, yeah. I, I had an attachment that was with me for about what, two days. Two, was it? two or three days. Yeah. Really? Um, it was really strange. We were just cruising around, and there was a cemetery called what, a Pleasant View Cemetery or Pleasant? I don't remember. It was what? out in the boonies. You know, nobody can hear you, right? <laughs> yeah, we can hear. It's called Ple I, I'm just going to say Pleasant View Cemetery, and I mean, it had ragweed taller than me. It was like at least six foot. Very tall. neglected. Uh, graveyard. Yeah. Very I mean, uh, old, very neglected. The grass okay. was tall. So we decided, hey, let's go check it out. I see bumblebees flying around. I'm like, this is not a place for me. I don't like bumblebees. So I kind of 
I'm walking around. She's walking around. And the, and the, and, uh, the both kids were with us? Autumn and Amber? Or just it, Amber? I think it was Autumn. Okay, all, the girls were with us, too. And I was walking around, and I hear a voice saying, help me. My name is Nancy. Help. And I'm like, I'm looking around going, where am I hearing this? And I and the girls are nowhere near me. Mm-hmm. Paula's nowhere near me. I'm like, what the heck? So I keep on walking, and it's, it's the same thing over and over again. So then I walk up to this area where there is a iron gate surrounding an entire plot with a stone in the center. So, yeah, I decide to, like, look over and see. And would you believe the tombstone said Nancy? Really? So. Cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now what I did was, um, now I did not know any of this stuff prior to doing it. Mm-hmm. I put both hands on the iron gate. Supposedly that breaks the bond of whatever they're trying to keep in. Okay. I felt what appeared to be a hand, like, trying to climb up my arm and i kind of jerked away real quick and i'm like what the heck was that i thought maybe it was a spider on me you know because that's what kind of felt like you know a mm. creepy crawly climbing up your arm yeah well then i like turned around and i'm and i'm just like looking to see who the heck is out here i don't see amber i don't see autumn i don't see anybody and all of a sudden it was the weirdest feeling ever it felt like a jolt from my back it felt like two hands just went ripped through the back of my back pushed out through my chest, opened its hands, and started pulling me toward the, um, the fence. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even had the indentation of the spikes in my back. Huh. And then Amber shows up, and I kind of break free, and I'm like, turn around going, what the hell was that? So, needless to say, I, we all got back into the Tahoe, and we left. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding, from Paula, she told me that was not me in the backseat. You were not acting that way. You're like yourself, you mean? Right. I had this evil look upon me. Hmm. And. How long did that last? Well, it lasted. We tried to get rid of it because Paula started. (laughs) This is funny. She put me in a salt circle. Mm -hmm. And we started. There was like a ritual that you could do, like burn wood or something like that. I'm not sure how that works. But uh, I actually saw Nancy on the outside of the salt circle. I saw what she looked like. Oh. And I don't know if it worked or not, but, uh, you know, that's when she was on the outside of the circle. And I'm like, okay, cool. Hopefully I don't have anything. Well, the next day I went home and when I woke up, it looked like I was looking through somebody else's eyes in the bedroom. Because it was like, I don't recognize this place. Where the heck am I? And I, this is my room. Of course I know what it looks like. But the feeling I had, it was somebody looking through my eyes, looking at the whole room. Mm-hmm. Huh. But That's to weird. jump ahead, we found out the story about Nancy and uh, how she died. Um, she came home and saw her daddy with another woman. So she okay. said, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell mommy. And he goes, no, please don't do that because that'll cause problems. Well, she came home from school the next day and daddy set the house on fire with her in it. Oh, that's horrible. 
come to find out that the father was an alcoholic and a drunk, a verbal abuser and everything. So Nancy stuck with me because she wanted to get revenge. Wow. Hmm. So, so what we did to get rid of her yeah. is we, we met a lady that's downtown in Paducah. We call her the rock lady. She had a balancer. I still don't know how this thing works, but she hit it with a wand and it creates some type of a, a sound, a vibrating sound. And she went all around me and told me to stand like, you know, uh, at a cross shape, you know, mm-hmm. extend your arms on out. Yeah. And she said that she did on the side of me, the sound kind of changed. And she did it on the other side and it changed. So she hit it again and she grounded me. Then all of a sudden, she, I don't know, she did something. I really don't remember, mm-hmm. but it was gone. No more Nancy. I didn't have it anymore because I started feeling drained. All my energy was gone. All I wanted to do was sleep when I got home from work, which is mm-hmm. not normal. Mm-hmm. So that was my attachment. So, Paula, it sounds like um, Gavin gets, I would say, messed with a, a lot. Do you get messed with a lot, too, or is it is it more of his thing? Well, he kind of opens himself up more to the world, to the where we at and not (laughs) me. I kind of like, I have a mental ground to where, you know, I put throw in the back of my head, you know, whatever's out there is not coming home with me. It's not going to hurt me. And, And I put that forceful thing out there as in, okay. I'm here. You can do whatever you want to me, but I'm going to let you know I'm a mother of two and you're not coming home with me. Right. And, and so I, uh, you know, I, I've learned how to ground myself. I'm trying to teach Gavin how to ground himself where he doesn't open himself to so much to where he can have a an extra person climb into the vehicle with us. If so, I might start charging gas. does gavin want to ground himself gavin or do you like the do you like the interaction that you have uh i I would prefer for them not to come home with me (laughs) sure that'd be a good choice yeah i understand i have a few that have come home with me over the years and yeah it can be a little disconcerting for sure so so maybe learning a little bit of protection and grounding yourself would be a good thing then huh Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you guys were at the Queen Mary. Did you already discuss that when I was on the phone with the doctor? No, we did okay. not. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so you just back from the Queen Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we have a good friend of the show, Nicole Strickland, who's written a couple of books about the Queen Mary and has investigated the Queen Mary a lot. So I'd be interested to hear what your impressions uh, were of. And Cheryl's been on the Queen Mary as well. Well, one of the things is they shut down the pool room, which uh, really oh. depressed me. Oh, bummer. I want, I want it in there bad. Mm-hmm. But um, we haven't really gone through everything yet. I mean, it was kind of eerie for me. I went down to the engine room myself with just a camera, mm-hmm. and it just felt really weird. Um, I felt like somebody was following me. But other than that, I really didn't get anything down there. I have to check the recordings on the um, Tascam DR100 Mark III. I have to check that and see if we got anything. Um, one of the other things is there was another room. It was sick bay. 
where it felt really tight. I felt my, my chest like turning hurting. And Paula was like, well, it's probably claustrophobic. I'm like, no, I don't think so. It's just something in this room. Right when you crossed that threshold, it was like, wow, the, the energy in this room was just kind of weird. It was mm -hmm. just thick. So, but we went ahead and did 360 footage on, on the deck. And you could actually watch that on, on my Facebook. Um, and we took a lot of footage inside, of course. But. Yeah, there's still a lot that we have to go through just to see. We took the haunted tour just for the heck of it, just to learn some of the stories and stuff. Sure. But sure. It was funny. We went to the, the, the most haunted room on the ship where they don't have any furniture in there because they took it all out. Mm -hmm. But they're saying that there's a guy named Walter, and he likes to turn the water on in the bathroom. So the guy looked at everybody and said, so who's going to be the brave one to go in there? I was already gone. <laughs> next thing the door door opens up and two more people come in and i'm like oh hello how you doing <laughs> and uh they're like why did you just come in here and I, I i basically told them who we are and what we do and then for some weird reason while we're sitting on the deck people that work for the queen mary go so finding the ghost yet i was like oh geez they figured us out <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have a uh you've been to a lot of really great places do you kind of have a paranormal bucket list where do you want to go still uh some of the main places i want to go i want to go back to waverly i've already been there mm -hmm. um that one was really cool because i actually had my name called out on the sb7 in the morgue oh cool yeah, right when I walked through the uh, threshold of the morgue, uh, Eric from Darkness Paranormal Society was asking, he goes, what room are we in? And it came up on SB7 said, morgue. And then right when I walked on through, I said, Gavin. He's like, dude, said your name. I'm like, oh, whoa, that's cool. So what's the next stupid thing I do? I climb into the body drawer. Hmm. Sure. Why yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> but that I like I like Waverly, but uh, I want to really get over to uh, I want to get to Pinhurst. I want to get to the Trent Allegheny Asylum. Mm -hmm. um, this sounds really weird, but I'm dying to get in a freaking prison. <laughs> no, I understand. Like, uh, we got Missouri State Pen. We got uh, Ohio State Reformatory, and uh, you know. I really want to try to get into some of those. So you and haven't investigated a prison yet? No, uh -uh, not yet. Yeah, I've investigated a jail. And I've got to tell you, the energy in that place was very different than any other place I'd ever been. So I I'd be interested to see what you find when you go into a prison. Okay. Well, we actually do have a couple of jails that we're going to be doing on our list <laughs> for the show. We're going to hit the old Benton Jail in Benton, Illinois, Illinois I think it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And... After we're done with the Kansas City Paracon, we're going to hit the 1865 jail in Liberty. Cool. Good. We well, so, so you're, you're going to, you know, like prison light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Cool. Any other places, Paula? How about you? You have anything that, that you really are looking to do? Well, mom's not in the United States. Well, which okay. one is yours? <laughs> she, I think she wants to do the Blackwell Castle in Dublin, Ireland. That, and I want to go to Transylvania. 
Oh, you want to yeah. go to Dracula's house? <laughs> the wow. history. For, oh. If nothing else, just for the history is yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. I get it. Anything else, Paula? <laughs> well, he's not big on cemeteries. Nope, I don't like cemeteries. I don't want to be a cemetery a hopper. Cemeter- well, no, I'm not big on cemeteries either, but there is one cemetery that's in France. Mm-hmm. And there's a legend, and I've told you this legend, Gavin. Well, refresh my memory. Well, the, it's it's supposed to be that if you be able to spend the night, and nobody has been able to spend the night in this cemetery in France without something tragically happening to them that causes them to have to leave. Hmm. So some of the investigators that I've kind of talked to over in France and Great Britain area says that some of them have not done it and some of them have and they said they've had news reporters go over there and try to spend the night in this hope in this i can't remember what the name of the cemetery is but it's a very 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 old cemetery in france and i just okay. want to see if i just want to see if there's any tale to the tale or if there's any truth to the tale i get it it sounds good to me all right well guys we've come to the part of the show that we like to call shameless self-promotion corner so this is where we Uh-oh. let you shamelessly self-promote where people can find your show, where people can find your other show, where people can find you or get in contact with you, all of that good stuff. So go ahead and, and let's promote. All right. You can find us on phantasmicghosthunters.com. That's the main official website where you can follow us and keep up with all of our events, radio interviews, uh, f- keep up where we're going for a convention, Paracon. Comic-Cons, and of course you can find us on Facebook. You can just look me up under Gavin Kelly. I'll be the only one with the flashlight. <laughs> and we also have a Facebook page for Fantastic Ghost Hunters as well. And we also have uh, our production company page, which is uh, In the Shadows Entertainment Group. So you can actually check that out on Facebook. Okay, cool. cool. All right. Um, well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, good luck with all of your stuff coming up. You sound like you've got a, a full plate, both of you. Oh, yeah. We're, we, we've got a lot of places that we're going to be uh, hitting. Uh, can I go ahead and name some of them for you? Sure. All right. We're hitting uh, Melbourne Manor. We're going to be hitting the Monroe House. We're going to be going to the Hailed Bar Dam. We're, we're right now in negotiations talking to post possibly going to the Bel Air house. So, and of so, course, uh, I got all these from uh, our good friend Nick mm-hmm. from, from Paranormal Lockdown. All right. Well, very good. <laughs> Lots of good stuff coming up. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You have a really thanks good for having us. Both of you. Uh huh. Yeah, good night. Thanks, guys. Good night. All right. Night. So, um, we need to go to break, right, Cheryl? She's going, yes. She's shaking her head. Yeah, yeah, I don't have my thing up. Sorry. You know, <laughs> I, you would think by now I would know our schedule, but I don't. Okay, so we need to go to break. We come back. We're going to have correspondent report, and we're going to have the uh, lightning round. And Cheryl came up with the lightning round. Ooh, I nice. know. So, so stick oh, around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. 
If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Join me at the Big Seance Podcast. I'm Patrick Keller of BigSeance.com, and this is a place for an open discussion on all things paranormal, but specifically topics like ghosts and hauntings, paranormal research, spirit communication, psychics and mediums, and life after death. The candles are already lit, so you might as well come on in and join the Big Seance Podcast. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to GetSpooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to GetSpooked.net slash YouTube. Hey everyone, this is Winter Balefire, contributor for Paranormal Underground Magazine, correspondent for Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, and now I'm very happy to announce a published author. My first poetry book, Love Letters Destroyed, is now available on Amazon.com, Lulu.com, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. Ebooks are also available. You can also check out Pseudosynthpress.com for information on signed copies. Again, that's Love Letters Destroyed by Winter Balefire. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by their deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave into their fears and bent the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. In order to keep the people away from the truth, it had to be feared forever. Restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom and thinking, creating and believing. The Source of Immortality, written by Maria Anna van Driel, www.amazon.com so you're looking for the best in paranormal radio well you just found it right here on paranormal underground radio in the dark join me chucky g and my awesome co-host karen frazier for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained that's right every thursday night at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern and other times in the flyover states on mixlr we will delve into all things paranormal and along the way we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well so join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier and Sharon hey, hey, hey. Wilson and our guest Gavin and, and uh, what's your name? I'm sorry. Paula. 
I know. It's just messing around. Maybe some uh, fun. Jeez. They're, so, they're sticking around for the lightning. Yes, because we're going to do that right now. We're going to, and, and, and who's in control of the lightning round this time? Cheryl's in control of the lightning round. That means I have to come up with answers. God Karen help. has the night off for the lightning round, so I am in control of something. Oh, Woo! my God. No. You control control the dump switch. That's enough. That's right. And thank you to Gavin and Paula for sticking around and doing the lightning round with us. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. It's time for the lightning round. Let's do round one of the lightning round. Okay. All right. The first one is about the doomsday clock. Okay. Did you hear about oh, the doomsday clock? I heard this on the radio clock? today. Yeah, they okay. said it ahead 30 minutes or so. They did. And this is, this is on, I got it off two sites, BBC and Unexplained Mysteries. And basically, the doomsday clock has moved close to midnight, which is not good. Because we're all going to die. Because we're going to die. No, oh, it's, a, it's a symbolic clock. It's basically <laughs> maintained by it's the- It's art. It's art. It's, all right. Sure. Let's go with that. It was um, created by an artist. It's art. Okay. It's, it's basically main t- maintained by the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. And it's actually been around since 1947. It's really? a visual representation of how mm-hmm. close the world is to disaster. And it's based on political and technological threats such as the nuclear annihilation and climate change. Good stuff right there, right? Oh, um, yeah, well, <laughs> good yeah. stuff. Very, very anyway, uplifting. Unfortunately, it's moving closer to doomsday. So my question to you all, and we'll start with Chuck on round one. Instead of a doomsday clock, what type of clock would you invent to measure something? What type of clock? I would like to measure positivity in the world. A positive clock. The clock of positivity. What do you think about that? I love it. Does it have a name or no? Just the clock of positivity. Yeah, the, the positivity clock. Yeah. That's, and then when, as things fine. get better in the world, yeah. you know, we, we get closer and closer to that time where it's going to be just world peace. Everyone loves each other. No fighting. No nothing. Just beauty. Good stuff. I like Thanks. it. All right. Um, let's let's go over to Gavin and Paula. What do you guys think about what what would you invent? What type of clock would you invent? What kind of clock would you invent? Oh, I have no idea. There's no such thing as an I know I have no idea clock. <laughs> he got a, he well, got there the could be like an clock. idea clock, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, an idea clock. Well, that's yeah. yours. You can take that one. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Gosh, I don't know. A unity clock. A what? A unity clock. A unity clock. There you go. Yeah, okay, I explain like that. Oh, I like that. I look back. Everybody gets along and no one hates each other. That's what it's the like my clock. Is. It's just like yeah. my clock. No, it's yeah. okay. They go together. I like it. I like Beautiful. It. We've got a theme okay. building like here. Okay. There's no Democrat or no Republican policy in this one. Oh, there. wow. Oh, I'm all geez. for that. <laughs> That's the I like that clock. Version two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Karen, did you already tell us your clock? I have not, but I feel like I'm going to be breaking the theme, and I'm going to apologize for that because I would like a nacho clock that tells me how much longer I have before I can eat nachos again. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm hungry. Karen, you took my you took my answer, except mine was not nachos. Pizza, sushi, sushi. 
Ew. <laughs> Ew. Oh, got it on second guess. Sushi Glock. Okay. Sushi Glock. This is not my first trip around the block with you, Cheryl. No, it's not. All right. Good Good round one. Let's go to round two. Oh, that route, might as well have chocolate clock. Oh, oh that's even better oh, than yeah. Sushi Clock. Yeah. All right. Now we're talking. All right. <laughs> chocolate Clock. Oh, my God. I love it. All right. That's number two. Right. Man claims he punched an alien in the face and has proof now all right i gotta i gotta switch over to that story and that came from unexplainedmysteries.com okay will smith and and basically (laughs) if you go to unexplainedmysteries.com and you you search for man claims he punched an alien in the face you're gonna see some photos from google earth okay and if he zoomed in on this photo and it does look like a man punching an alien in the face i mean it's kind of blurry really it's not clear but i can see it so basically, my question is, if you were abducted by aliens, what do you think your first instinct would be in response? Like, for instance, would you punch the alien in the face? Would you just, you know, take its hand and go with him? What would what would you do? Let's start with Kieran this time. Um, I would have so many questions. I would probably talk its ear off and ask all <laughs> sorts of questions. Talk it to death. Talk it to death. Yeah. It's a good defense. <laughs> all right. How about you guys, uh, Paula and Gavin? Punch him in the face and say, welcome to Earth. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Take me to your leader. That's what this guy did, nice. apparently. <laughs> oh, man. That could be your answer. That's okay. No, that, that's really a bad answer. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, probably, I probably would ask, uh, what are you doing here and why are you here? And uh, are you here to steal our resources? No, oh, there you go. Whoops, there goes the dog. That's okay. No, it's fine. Um Chuck, what would you do? What's your first response? What's Oh, I'd be like, Can I fly the ship? Can I fly oh. the ship? Oh yeah. yeah. I also want to know if they had like transporter technology and could they transport me somewhere? Well, like Star Trek. See? Uh-huh. See that yeah. Chuck. Me up. I, I agree, Chuck. My answer I've ever since I've heard alien abductees describe their experiences inside the ships, I've always wanted a tour of a UFO. Yes. So that would be my request. I would go That's and beautiful. get a tour. So you just tour it, and then I would just I jump just in there ahead. and take yeah. you. Just right. fly away. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Got like a side, side question on this one, though. But sure. On this one, um, if I ever met one, I would give him my old college chemistry address and tell him to go have fun with him because he's overly obsessive with aliens. He even came up wow. with a ping bouncing system that he works with NASA with when I was in college. Wow. And he literally told anybody that downloaded his application process and wanted to send it through his own laptop when I was in college, we got 10 extra bonus points on our test if we wanted to be part of his experience. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's kind of cool. I needed a professor like that in college. Really? My professor <laughs> offered me 10 extra bonus points too, but not for that. I <laughs> When I do my little volcano with the you know the baking soda, and you're like, let's ping some aliens. Oh, <laughs> yeah, very good. All right. All right, next question. All right, gotta we've, move this along. We've we've got I've got five rounds. We're on round three. We're getting oh there. All right, this one is titled Fox Orders Paranormal Comedy Pilot, starring Adam Scott and Craig Robinson, and this is from therap.com. And let me read you just a quick uh, summary. It's tentatively titled Ghosted. The single camera series would follow a skeptic, of course, and then a true believer. 
And um, they're basically recruited by the Bureau Underground to look into rampant, unexplained activity in L.A. But this is a comedy, okay? Okay. So it's kind of like they're saying it's like the X-Files, but funny. Okay. So, which is kind of cool because I love the X-Files. So my question would be, if you could create a paranormal comedy series for TV, what would the premise be? (laughs) (laughs) So Sorry. That's okay. Let's start with Gavin and Paula. Oh, dang. Oh, man. I, I'm thinking they've already been done. Ghost Brothers. How about Ghost in the Hood? What about Ghost in the Hood? Have you seen that? Yeah. No. Yes. They're, they're paranormal God. investigators from Compton. What, what channel is this on? I didn't even hear about this. Uh, Ghost in the Hood is on WeTV. But it's and not meant to be a comedy, right? Well, they're trying to be paranormal investigators, but... They're just it's basically it's a mockery. They're they're making fun of us, and mm. Ghost Brothers actually is kind of like a comedy because you know it's mm. like why are ghosts white? Just you know stuff like that. And yeah. they're always scared of their own shadow, which is funny as heck. But I mean, these two have already taken the cake. So for comedy wise, yeah, I think they already done drowned those. What about you, Chuck? Do you have anything? Oh yeah, Supernatural Seniors. Where old people look for paranormal. They're like walking with walkers and bumping in the walls because they can't see because they're in the dark, in the dark, falling on the stairs, you know, stuff like that. that I think be... Or, you know, hang on, we're going to have to take a moment. I, I have to go change my depends. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Karen, what about uh, you? I would, mine would be something about the world's worst psychics. World's worst psychics or like world's worst people who think that they can do magic where they just <laughs> you know terrible yeah, yeah. Like, so there's this there's this actually there's this um movie from a long time ago called amazon women on the moon i don't know if you've seen yes it. i've Very seen funny. that movie yeah and the invisible man thing where ed begley jr thinks that he's invisible but he's not and he's running Nobody around see naked. Him, yeah. and they're like we can see you hysterical. we can see you He's running around naked and he'll like take somebody's, he'll pick up a glass and everybody's just kind of staring at him and he's like, woo, how is this glass moving by itself? I do, we can see you. What okay. So I tell you what's fun is walk up to someone and just, you know, stare at someone and also when someone looks at him and goes, excuse me, can I help you? And just look at him and say, can you see me? I know, right? There you go. So, Chuck, Bob in the chat room just said your TV show described him perfectly. So he's, <laughs> I think that means he's, he's in for the, for the show. For Let's show. do it. Supernatural my, scene. My show. Yeah, I think you could sell that thing. You could sell that. Could. My, my comedy paranormal show is just Will Ferrell all by himself in a room trying to use paranormal investigative equipment like he has n- no instructions really, beforehand yeah, really he mad, just hand yelling, it to him and, and say yeah. use this to catch ghosts that's like, my yeah you seem like trying to do the sp7 for god's sake why is this not working <laughs> that's my okay okay, okay that, that would be pretty that's funny fun. yeah that'd be fun. shake and bake i'd watch that yeah yep. <laughs> Bake investigations. Check and bake investigation. There you yeah, go. Yeah, nice. I like it. Good stuff. All right, number four, round four, lightning round. Know your cryptids wall chart. And actually, I thought of Chuck when I saw this story online. Um, it came from the dailygrail.com, and it was actually a post, I guess a user's post. It's a cryptids wall chart, and it's pretty cool if you go to Daily Grail. Daily Grail? Am I hungry? No, DailyGrail.com. This is my nacho clock. It's yeah. I'm thinking about sushi and nachos and <laughs> nachos. chocolate. Um, nachos. Got it. That's not a good combo. 
Yeah, it is. Not very good. It's got yeah. all these cool looking cryptids on this wall chart. And there's a big word on the bottom, cryptids with exclamation point. Chuck, I don't know. I just thought you'd probably love I'm, this. I'm writing it down right now. I got to go look it up. Yeah, right, and actually it links to a site where they sell it trevorhenderson.bigcartel.com I guess he made this chart and it just shows all these cool cryptids but my oh. question is this have you ever seen a cryptid and if not which cryptid would you love to come face to face with Ooh, and, Karen, uh, there. Karen let's start with you well I told you this I told this story on the show I'm pretty sure that I saw Bigfoot when we were driving up along Mount Rainier he was sitting down by the river but we were going so fast that it was hard to tell might have been just a really big tall hairy guy <laughs> <laughs> Guys just didn't shaved in a while. Yeah, that yeah. could be. That could be. So, so Karen, would you want to meet another cryptid, or no? You're good with maybe Bigfoot. No, I want to see Bigfoot again. Bigfoot again. But remember, I was disappointed because I didn't want to see Bigfoot that day. I was looking for a mountain goat. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Nice. Chuck, what about you? Um. Well, you know, there's a lot of different ones I'd like to see, like Jersey Devil stuff like that. But you know, the I, I can't know if I pronounce this right. I always say it wrong. Like Pudgewatchies, the little like the little yeah. four foot high. That's what I really want to see. Yeah. Those little four foot high yeah. people that everybody keeps talking about. I really want to see that. Cool. I don't know why, but I do. Huh? Are you talking about a pygmy? No, 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 it's no, like no, a Pudgewaki no. or Pudgewaki yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Pudgewaki or yeah. They're like they're like four foot tall creatures they're like they call them ghouls they call them all sorts of different things but um and they seem to be in all different states and countries and stuff and it's, i just would like to run into one of those it'd be kind of cool yeah it I sounds agree. like something that would be in hawaii called a menehuni oh well, it could be yeah, it could be uh like a, it's cousin a fun to name it. to yeah. say it's fun to say menehuni i'm gonna look yeah. it up to see if we got the right name up. but go ahead what about you up. guys paula and gavin what, have you seen a cryptid i've seen a menehuni <laughs> what's okay. we're in hawaii Tell us it's about little, it. What 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 happened? It's it's just a little creature that likes to. Well, it's kind of like uh, during dusk you actually can see them, but you have to. It's at the corner of your eye basically, and you'll see like a little okay. figure just run real quick. But they hang around like the Manihuni fish pond, a Manihuni ditch, um, just places where there's a lot of palm trees, but. Uh, one of the things is really cool. It's kind of off topic a little bit, but in Hawaii they have the marchers of the night, and I know you probably heard of this. No, no. no. On Sa <clears throat> okay, no. Saddleback Road in the Big Island of Hawaii. If you take a jeep and go down Saddleback Road, mm -hmm. and it's dark, your jeep will die. Your flashlights will die. Oh jeez. Then you'll start hearing chanting, and you'll hear the beating of a drum. The marchers of the nights are coming, and you'll see their torches. They'll be lit. You have to get down on your knees and stare at the ground. If you look at them, you join them. Oh, nice. <laughs> All those things I was talking about, are, they're called puck wudgies. Okay. They're two puck to three wedgie. foot tall. Yeah, they're two to three foot tall um, that resemble a human, but they have enlarged like noses, fingers, ears. Their skin is described as being like smooth and gray. And it's known sometimes to even glow, too. It's kind of cool. Oh, there you go. My precious. <laughs> you go. Seriously. Yeah, there you go. All right, like well, a golem. Yeah, okay. that would be pretty freaky. I would like to see Bigfoot, but, you know. Come look for mountain goats I'm with me. You're caring yeah. to see Bigfoot, no mountain goat. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go down to Washington with Karen and see some <laughs> Bigfoot mountain goats. Sweet. All right. Put mountain goat. There you go. <laughs> okay. We are on our last okay. lightning round question. Right. And okay. I don't know if you saw it, but there is a video online of a little girl who supposedly has been 
spooked by a moving doll and objects being thrown off a table. What happened was the story behind it is the little girl complained about some creepy stuff going on. And so her dad hooked up these uh, CCTV cameras and then this video Mm -hmm. supposedly of this paranormal activity taking place. If you go to paranormalglobe.com, the video is watch little girl spooked. And you'll see the video. I've watched the video. It does look too good to be true. But I, I don't know. I would hate to think that, you know, a parent would mess around with Deliberately a kid. scare their kid. Yeah, because she looks legit like she's not posing. But you never know, you know. So whether you believe the video or not, supposedly it caught some pretty creepy paranormal activity okay. on, the, on the camera. So my okay. question is, during your own paranormal investigations... If you had to pick one thing, what is the creepiest or scariest paranormal activity that you've come across and captured on camera? And I want to start with Gavin and Paula. Okay. Can I I back up to about that whole story? Yeah. Because I tore that thing apart. Oh, yeah. He dissected that video. I dissected that video. First of all, there was fishing line pulling the the little doll's hair off. Oh, you got it. Okay. Um, I didn't see it. If you notice when you watch the video carefully, yeah, before the papers start flying, yeah, the, the screen kind of shifts and it turns into like what looks like a heat wave or something. Oh, I didn't know that, that only either. happens. That only happens when someone's wearing a green suit and the lighting is off. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, you are way more observant than me. <laughs> I didn't notice any. Of oh that. yeah. Okay. It, it was totally fake because you could also see that she yeah. was minding her own business and then she like looked up right where it was. So basically, it was like probably the father Somebody said, "Hey, look at me." Or it was a setup. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but anyway, well, something creepy that we have seen. Yeah. Hmm, what have we seen that was creepy? Well, not really creepy, but cool would be the cool factor at Will Manor. Which one? With the slim man and him like an Elvis. Are you, are you talking about the thin, the seven foot tall dude? Yeah. No, oh. that wasn't creepy. He waved at us. I didn't say creepy. I said cool. <laughs> and then, of course, we started playing Elvis music. And he was tapping his foot. You guys got to see the video. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's kind of a cool one. Chuck, what about you? Uh, when we did the investigation of uh, Willow Creek Farm, mm-hmm. um, we had the, they had those uh, old farm doors where it has the latch that goes all the way down real deep. And we had secured it and locked it and we were sitting at the table we we're just talking it was toward the end of the investigation and then it was Raquel actually we were sitting there and all of a sudden we started hearing this the lights start building up speed and all of a sudden the same thing and the whole door slammed open we got up and turned around because the hallway was right there the door was wide open wide open that's pretty scary that was okay. pretty cool wow Karen what about you who, who did the Scooby out of there <laughs> <laughs> no no we all stood our ground pretty well nothing really creepy um I think the coolest thing that I, I've seen that I was involved in captured on camera is that ghost child of Wellington that Bert captured, little head yeah, peeking out cool. from behind the pole. It wasn't creepy. It was just cool. Yeah, it was, it was a little creepy. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So it's creepy. All yeah. right. A little okay. bit. Yeah, I think the I, I don't I've never done professional investigation like you guys have, but in our personal investigations at different places, we were at the Hotel Alex Johnson in South Dakota. I think the kind of the scariest thing was seeing this this what we thought was a spirit trying to attach to chad that was kind of the scary scary in a way that that's creepy creepy scary yeah so that's mine that's definitely creepy that's it and that's the lightning round that's how we do the lightning round thanks guys for sticking around to do that cheryl do we actually have time to correspond it tonight or can we move it do we need to move it to next time 
Um, we have time. Okay. okay. So right. here's what we're going to do. We're going to play our correspondent report. Uh, you have what that is written down, right? Yes, I do. It's Maria Anna Vandriel doing space surveillance telescope, the beginning of an alien invasion. All right, here we go. Hi, this is Maria Anna Vandriel, paranormal underground radio in the dark correspondent, live from Germany. To understand the following a little bit better, you probably like to grab back to some of my previous articles which were published by the magazine of Paranormal Underground containing Project Bluebeam and the real technology behind the WO signal as well as dark energy, the oddness and reality of an ancient knowledge. On 18 October 2016 the first public steps were taken towards a final global event when the SST, Space Surveillance Telescope, was turned over to the U.S. Air Force. SST is focused on tracking and identifying debris and satellites about 36,000 kilometers above the Earth. Um, beside the fact that this is very far away, which means most objects are going to be very faint, uh, the mission is made especially difficult because of the huge amount of space that we're talking about. Uh, GEO has a volume of tens of thousands of ocean. Uh, before SST, no single telescope could handle both of those challenges. Seeing things that were very small, very faint, very far away, simultaneously over an enormously vast area. The SST was built as a technology demonstrator, and it has uh, sensitivity uh, beyond what we could do before nationally to look for very, very small objects, and there's a great need for this. That's why the U.S. Department of Defense has made space situational awareness a top priority and why few areas of DARPA research are as important to the future of the U.S. and global security. The future of the U.S. and global security. The future of the U.S. and global security. This technology, what we are recognizing at the moment as a harmless telescope, has the creepy possibility to change from a space defense system into a system that will attack just by adding lasers. At first these lasers are going to protect our satellites. Satellites which are providing us our internet communication of which we become dependent on. Meaning that the majority of the global population will vote for this manner of protecting the space in which our satellites are located. This story of finger quote protection is going to be the lie the majority will believe but in reality this will all be for the weaponization of most of the space around earth as well as it can both maintain an artificial network layer around the globe and create tactical holographic images in our atmosphere as soon as a technology like LRAD is adding to something like the SST all life forms who are present in the Earth atmosphere can be attacked or at least kept in control due subliminal messages and frequencies which have the ability to keep the brainwaves in a relaxed state. Gwen Towers, like the Eiffel Tower in France or the TV mast in Berlin, are presented to us as network masts. But in reality, they are broadcasting a particular frequency which keeps the global population inside an illusion 
of obeying through fear. These towers are not only broadcasting ELFs, but also a sound in a 30 till 60 degree beam at 2.5 kilohertz, what is being used as a tranquilizer for the brain. These technologies are science fact and do have an eerie effect on our daily behaviors within an invisible system we maintain ourselves due an artificial created brain fog. Today's SST is a single telescope what is sensitive enough to track down small and obscure objects in deep space with a wide field of view system. The next generation space telescopes will be sent to space aboard the Air Force Academy's Falcon SAT-7 program sometime in the near future, possessing a system or programming that provides nearly limitless space civilian capabilities and may be up running sooner than you think. At first it will protect all the satellites which are in orbit from incoming asteroids. Satellites which are providing our technology with coded information which the majority of the global population is already getting used to. Then, with some creepy help from the CERN, in for instance photon binding and the advanced techniques in biophysics from Area 51 and S4, it will become one of the most feared weapon systems in space which will be deployed in one of the biggest lies mankind have ever known, a hostile alien invasion. Good morning, my name is Carol Rosen. In 1974, after being a sixth grade school teacher, I was introduced to the late Dr. Werner von Braun in the US, the father of rocketry. In my first meeting with him during that first three and a half hours, he said to me, Carol, you will stop the weaponization of space because there is a lie being told to everyone that the weaponization of space is now first being based upon the evil empire, the Russians. There are many enemies, he said, against whom we're going to build this space-based weapon system, the first of whom was the Russians, which was existing at that time. Then there would be terrorists, then there would be third world countries, now we call them rogue nations or nations of concern. Then there would be asteroids, And then he would repeat to me over and over, and the last card, the last card, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. And now we hear in the news just today, this week, that they've slid in another enemy. Only this time we're going to protect our satellites. In other words, we have to have some reason to spend these trillions to waste these dollars on a space-based weapon system, and they're all lies. This device will be effect and will be programmed to detect and recognize threatening objects approaching the Earth's space boundaries. It will have the opportunity to choose its own objects of potential danger through the change in thermal heat and brain waves, meaning you. We are back. You are listening to the correspondence, Maria Anna Vindrio, Space Surveillance Telescope, the beginning of an alien invasion.
I am Chucky G. Karen Frazier's here. We still have our guests with us. Cheryl's here. Everyone's here. So we have something. We're having a party. Party! Party! We have something really quick to say, and then we have to go. I see. I made the sound. You did, Chuck. You maybe you have to do that, but I, I, I'm fine. Sushi and nachos. That's right. We have sushi nachos and chocolate party coming up. All right. So, Cheryl, next week. Next week, February 12th, we will be live with Dave Miller. He is the author of a book called The Seabold Effect, Beyond Science, History, Ghosts, and the Appalachian Supernatural. So check us out next week. And then February 9th, we will be talking with Artie Clark. She is the author of the new book, More Encounters with Star People. Very cool. And by the way, that is our last live show. Yes, we will, though, still be around in podcast form. So keep checking us out on iTunes and Podbean. Well, thanks to our guests. Thanks for listening um, to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Y'all have a good week. Good night. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, Email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.